Well, happy Father's Day to all of our fathers out there. This is what I believe a vital holiday, an important holiday in our culture to honor what dads are doing and to honor the institution of fatherhood and the leadership that fathers bring. So I, I thought I'd start with a few visuals. That's appropriate since my voice is giving out. We can see some of the sermon. Um, some examples that we see in maybe movies of fathers. What example did this set for fatherhood? Finding Nemo, if anyone um, doesn't have kids. <laughs> what? What? Protection. The father protected and the father devoted his whole life to, to finding his son again, right? And bringing him back and restoring him. So some good things about fatherhood. Don, let's go to the next one. There's a little bit of a Pixar theme. I have young children. Now this was an interesting take on fatherhood because if you remember the beginning of The Incredibles, do you remember what he was doing? He basically was ignoring his wife and kids in efforts to pursue his own dreams, his own passion. And the whole story of the movie was this man figured out that fatherhood, being a man, wasn't about pursuing your own dreams. Being a man was about being a father and bringing your family along. Great message. Next one. I didn't say they were all good examples of fathers. He repented at the end. We were joking earlier about how we could make a whole message from him. He wanted his son by his side. He introduced his son to his mentor. Never mind, for those that are Star Wars fans, you're like, oh, that's stretching it a little bit. Um, but fathers impact their kids, don't they? Fathers have deep impact on their children. We saw that in that movie. Don, go ahead and go to the next one. Now you're thinking, what kind of father is he? Well, the story is about his father protecting him and saving him. But I put that up there sort of as a lead-in to our message because so many times I think this is the picture that we as men think we have to be as fathers. And, and it's, it's really cool when you have young children, that's how they see you. You can do anything. You're the fixer of all things. And but we, we feel like we have to put on this, this man of steel persona to where we have to be everything to, to our kids and, and, and be perfect. But in reality, I don't think that's the goal of fatherhood. I think the next picture is what we want to talk about this morning as the goal of fatherhood. We see a picture of a father holding up his child to a cross, to Christ, pointing his child to Christ, and this morning as we talk about honoring fathers, that's the picture I want in our mind. Not Darth Vader, not Finding Nemo or any of those others. But this picture of what the role of a father is. And we're going to approach it a little differently this morning. This is part two of what we started on Mother's Day. And, and rather than saying, okay, these are ten steps to how to be a good father, and we've done that before, and, and other Father's Day we will do that again. But this morning... And on Mother's Day, we want to focus on, well, how do we honor fathers? How do we elevate the position of fatherhood, the role of fathers, in a culture that is increasingly marginalizing fathers? In a culture that is saying, like we talked about on Mother's Day, that mothers and fathers are not important, that, that, you can, that mothers and fathers are not distinct, that you can have anyone fill that role and and we see a, a battle over marriage, and we see a same-sex marriage, and 
a battle over whether men and women are different. We talked, we laid a foundation of that on Mother's Day. But that's where we want to start. And in your notes, I just want to review a couple things that we talked about on Mother's Day. A biblical foundation for honoring mom and dad in, in light of marriage being under attack so much. And, and the two points that we made is we have to get back to the basics. The master designer created families to have a father and a mother. The master designer created families to have a father and a mother. And we looked through Genesis and we looked through a number of of supports for that. But then the second thing, point that we made a few weeks ago was, thus God calls us to honor Him, to honor God, by honoring His design. Fatherhood and motherhood. Fatherhood and motherhood. And as we look through Scripture, the command that we see over and over and over toward our parents is what? Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. And we know that that wasn't just till you were 13 or that wasn't just until you were 18. This was a lifelong command where God is saying, honor the roles I have created. Honor my design. And, and just again, by way of summary of what we talked about before, we looked at three different words that were used in, in the Bible for honor. And, and you have three little spots there to remind ourselves glory, revere, and value. Glory, revere, and value. We're to glory in our fathers, to lift them up, to give them weight is what that word means. And we, in doing so, we honor them. Revere is to admire deeply, to be in awe of, to respect. And to value is to prize, to consider of high worth, to respect. And so today when we say, how do we honor dads? And we want to talk about honoring dads. The question is, how do we lift them up? How do we glory in them? How do we revere them? And, and that's okay. It's a good thing to revere mothers and fathers. In, in, a, in a culture where we think we have to be individuals and you don't want to live under someone else, no, we should revere our moms and dads. And how do we value them and prize them instead of throw them away when we don't need them anymore? See, we cannot honor God without honoring our father and mother. Deuteronomy 27.16 stresses this when it says, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Which means this was a public thing. You're cursed if you dishonor mom or dad. And all the people would say, that's true. That's right. We will honor moms and dads. So today we come and we come to the question, how do we honor dads? How do we express that kind of, of appreciation, that kind of value, that kind of worth to our fathers? Because we know moms and dads are different. And I know sitting in this room, there are all kinds of, of situations of relationships between you and your dad. Some of you have lost your dad. Some of you may, maybe haven't spoken to your dad in a while. There may be a, a strain there. But today we, we come honoring God's word by honoring our fathers. No matter what that relationship has been, no matter what water has gone under the bridge, God still says, honor your father. If your dad isn't alive anymore, this is a great opportunity to honor fathers. It's not just a, in a church family, it's not just about honoring my father, and I'm blessed that he's here today, 
but it's about honoring the other fathers in this room. And how do we as a church family lift up the role of fatherhood? Because by honoring that role, we will be equipping dads to be dads, to be godly fathers. So how do we honor dads? And by doing so, honor God, our own dads, the ones we know. And this morning, I sort of have one point. But don't worry, we'll expand it into lots of points. It's all about leadership. It's all about leadership. When we talk about the unique role that God has given dads and the unique role they serve in the family and how we honor them, it all comes back to leadership. I was sitting in in Burger King yesterday enjoying some 50-cent ice cream cones. While Susie was away, we played. Um, And with all the kids, we're sitting under the play area, and they're looking up, and there's this ship. Or at least they think it's a ship. I think it's a play area. And, um, And Mark all of a sudden says, I call captain of the ship. Jeffrey says, I call second captain of the ship. Alicia's like, okay. Let's go play. Let's go be together. And, and in that, in that little moment, I was watching differences that are God given in my children that God has built into them to equip them for what He wants them to do. And those boys are already looking for how can I lead? How can I step up? And that's sobering for me as a dad because am I teaching them how to lead at seven and at five, or eight and six? Sorry. <laughs> Time goes by. Am I teaching them how to lead now? Am I an example of how to lead? But that's built into them. Susie's always saying with, with Alicia, and Alicia will do something that I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? She's like, it's built into us. <laughs> and we laugh and smile. But leadership is built into young men, to men, because God wants us to lead our homes. Because that is the role that God has given fathers And so it's all about leaders. It's all about leadership. I asked two questions of the men in the church, and I did this for Mother's Day with the the moms. But of the dads in the church, I asked two questions, and that sort of is a foundation of some things I want to share today. The first was, what do you want for your children? What is your vision for your children? What do you want for your children? The second was, how can they honor you? And, And... a number of you responded, and the results were really fascinating to see some of the differences between the results that I got from the moms four weeks ago. Every one of the fathers that responded, responded first and foremost about his vision for his kids was that they walk with God. Every single father. In fact, for most of the fathers, that's the only thing they said. It wasn't this laundry list. It was a big picture vision that said, I want more than anything else for my kids to walk with God. And so when we talk about how to honor dads, the first thing is we need to recognize a father's heart. And that's on on the first page of your notes there. We need to recognize a father's heart. He is a leader. He is setting a vision. He is setting a tone. Leaders set vision and tone. And dads, you do that in your homes. Whether intentionally or not intentionally, you are setting a vision for your family. And for your children, and you're setting a tone. And the first point of that is what they want for their kids. The vision is a godly father wants more than anything else for his kids to walk with God. In 3 John 4, I have, John writes, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Did you see how he worded that? 
I have no greater joy. There is nothing more important. Nothing motivates me. Nothing excites me like watching my children walk with God. Dads, is that true? Is that true for you? What does it do to your soul, dads? I'm going to let you talk a little bit so I don't have to. What does it do for your soul when you see your kids walking with God? Joy. Rejoicing. Reassuring. A couple more. Proud. Yes, thank you. One more. Honoring. We're going to get to that when we talk about how to honor dad and dad's responses there. But do you see the heart of a father? A godly father wants his kids to walk with God. And it's something he'll get emotional about. He'll use words like joy and rejoice because this is part of setting a vision for a family and part of his deepest desire for his children. Turn with me to Mark 12, verse 30 and 31. And we're going to look at a lot of verses today. We'll end up a lot in Proverbs. Because as, as Dad shared, Proverbs is a father writing to his son. And so what better place to see how to honor a dad and what's a father's heart. But let's start with Mark 12, 30 and 31. And this is Jesus answering what is the greatest commandment. And he says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love God, love others. So Jesus is asked, what does he want from his children? What does he want from those he's leading? Love God, love others. Greatest commandment. It was fascinating as the results came in from from the fathers. It was those same two things. Love God on every one of them. And about half of them was love others. And it's following Christ's example. Dads, it's you taking Christ's example and setting that vision for your home. And I applaud you for that. And so we start with love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's a big dream. That's a big goal. I want my child in everything he does to walk with God. And dads, you are uniquely equipped by God to set those dreams and set those goals and to carry them out in your home. Some of the responses that some of the men said, and I wanted to read some of them because it captures where where our men are. I want them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, strength, mind, and soul, right out of the verse. I want salvation for my kids. I want them to grow up to be godly men or women. I want my kids to, to fulfill what God called them to be. I want my kids to be strong examples of Christ's love in their everyday life. I want them to be God-fearing individuals with wisdom and integrity. I want my children to be honest, sincere, committed followers of Jesus. I want them to be true to their faith, to have success in their faith. What a great list of how dads have responded. But if we're going to honor dads, we need to see their vision. We need to recognize their leadership, recognize their hearts. It's for their kids to walk with God above all else. The Apostle Paul had the same desire for his kids. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 11-12, he says, For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you. So he's saying we, we challenged you, we focused you, but what was it? What was his vision? 
to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul's vision for his children was to walk with God. So a godly dad wants more than anything else for his kids to walk with God, to love God. And the second point there is a father wants his kids to live godly lives in relationship to others. That's the love others. To live life well. Some of the responses were to love your neighbor as yourself. Three of the dads said to lead productive lives by serving God, family, and friends, or some variation of that. Discussion of of being a heritage, of, of training their own families well, of passing on a faith, of having a faith that is shared. See, all those things, dads want their kids to love God above all else, but then they want them to put that into practice in real life. To treat others with that kind of respect, that kind of love from God. To help others walk in the truth and walk in that direction. I've got, to, I've got to say, I love it when I see my kids teach something to someone else that I've taught them. And maybe I'm working with one of my kids on, on one issue and then he goes to school or, or he goes to his brother and sister and starts teaching the same issue. That warms my heart because it means he is putting into practice what I have led him to understand. It's an amazing feeling. One of the dads I was talking to this morning here said, he and his son used to, to just, just be at odds about a particular issue when his son was 18. And they just couldn't get past it. And finally, as his son grew up, he now hears his son saying the same things to other people. It's amazing the impact dads you have on your kids. It's amazing the power of your example and of the vision that you set for your kids. We're talking about honoring dads today, but I just want to step aside for a moment and say, dads, it's your job to act on that vision, to put that vision into practice. Having a grand vision for your family isn't enough. It doesn't cut it unless we put it into practice by our example, by our teaching, by our time. You are designed and equipped by God to lead your family. Did you catch that? You are designed and equipped, whether you feel like it or not, you are designed and equipped by God to lead your family. That's your goal. It's your vision. Go get it. Isaiah 38, 19 says, The living, the living He thanks you, as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. Joshua 4, 21 and 22, and he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. Dads, are you teaching your kids to love God? If our vision for our kids is that they love God above all else, with heart, soul, mind, and strength, are we teaching it? Are we modeling it? Are we translating that vision into the highest priority of our actions? I'm continually amazed at how dads will sacrifice themselves to do this for their kids. Dads will sacrifice anything to protect their kids, to lead their kids, to get them to that place. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 1. 
Deuteronomy chapter 1. And we come back to the example of God with His people. And God uses fatherhood to illustrate how He is with His people. Deuteronomy 1, verse 29. And we pick up the story where the spies have just come back from the land. And they're telling the people and they're stirring up the people, we can't take this land. The people are too big. Our God is too small. And Moses says this in verse 29. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will Himself fight for you just as He did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. And what a picture we have of Moses bringing them back to the work of God and saying, no, God has carried you. He has led you. He has gotten you to this place. And the example he uses is of a father who will do anything to help his kids get to that place. Who will carry them. Carry them when his shoulders hurt, when his back hurts, because he loves his children and wants them to be in the right place. And so in verse 31, and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Verse 32, Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and in cloud by day to show you by what way you should go. And we see this faithful action of a father carrying a son, of God carrying his people in spite of their response, in spite of a response that was dishonoring, And his call to them was, I have carried you, so trust me. Honor me. Follow me. And Deuteronomy 1.29-33 is about leadership. It's about God saying, I have carried you, I have led you, I have brought you to this place, and you would not follow. And so they dishonored God. And that gives us a transition into the next question. How do we honor our dads? In this case, the children of Israel would honor God by following His vision, by following His leadership. In our case, we honor, God, we honor dads the same way. It's about following their leadership. It was really interesting because one of the differences between moms when they answered those two questions and dads when they answered those two questions is moms had a whole number of ways to honor them. And we talked about those with time and with, with gratitude and sensitivity and relationship and those kinds of things. Two-thirds of the, the men that responded, and this is really interesting, two-thirds of the men that responded for number two said it's the same as number one. And at first I thought, well, okay, they just don't want to answer number two. And in fact, a number of men put this, they actually wrote out the same answer for number one and number two. What do I want for my kids? For them to follow God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. How can they honor me? Follow God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
And, and dads weren't being lazy. Dads weren't resisting the question. What were they saying? Follow my leadership. Do what I've asked you to do. That's how you honor me. And that's one of the differences with dads, and that was profound in your answers, that it's about dads wanting what's best for their kids, and we honor them by doing that, by following their instruction. And it's fascinating, as we survey Proverbs, we see the same thing. This is not just our dads in this room. But the same thing. We honor our dads by following their leadership. See, it's all about leadership with dads. It's all about the the role that God has given. Some of the men said they honor me by obeying the Lord and walking with Him, by living up to instilled values. A third of the men just said, do number one. Over and over and over again. So how do we do that? How do we follow their leadership? How do we respect them? It's easy if, if your dad's saying everything that you want him to say and, and encouraging you to do everything you want him to do, but we have a problem with authority in our culture. We have a problem with respecting authority if we disagree with it. We have a problem with submitting to authority. But God's Word says submit to authority, respect it, period. The only exception it gives is if, it's, if you're being asked to do something directly contrary to God's Word. It's the only exception. And in our culture, we, we students from day one are, are fighting against teachers, and there's this culture against teachers. If there's a problem, it's the teacher's fault. Against government. Some of the things I hear us say in our own congregation against a government that, yes, we disagree with many of the values, but we are disrespecting and disobedient to God's word. And we're setting a culture that disrespects authority. I see it in the home to moms and dads. I see it in the church as we, we don't respect things we don't agree with. And all of those things are sin. And it translates into our dads and tearing down the institution of fatherhood. How do we honor dads? By respecting and honoring their leadership. Whether or not we agree with it, whether or not they deserve it, but because God commands it. So how do we do that? And there's four things in your notes that I want to cover. The first, and we've already talked about this a little bit, and they're going to be all repeats of number one. We've already set you up for that. We honor dads by walking with God. Walking with God makes dads rejoice. Some of you dads already shared that this morning. Just listen to some of the verses about that. We shared 3 John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. But listen to what the Proverbs have to say. A father to his son. Proverbs fifteen twenty. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs 10, 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is sorrow for his mother. Proverbs 23, 24, and 25. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Proverbs 27.11 Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. 
verse after verse after verse ties obedience, submission, following the leadership of our fathers to joy and the joy that it brings them. And so we honor our dad's leadership by walking with God, by living a life that loves God and loves others. I hear it all the time. As I get together with dads my age, and most of you my age have high school, college students, and I hear the stories, the the stories that bring smiles to dads' faces is always stories about their kids walking with God. As adults, it doesn't change. I still bring joy to my dad by walking with God. And I hear it in the things he talks about. You still bring joy to your father by walking with God. You bring joy to other fathers in our congregation that are fathers of our congregation by walking with God. And that should be a motivation to us to honor what they've said, to honor what they've taught us, and to live in a way that shows that honor. You know, one of the ways you can put that into practice is if your dad's still living, do do this with him this week or another father in the congregation, just mention something to him that he has taught you about walking with God. Thanks, Dad, for teaching me how to pray. Thanks, Dad, for teaching me how to love others. Thank you, Dad, for being an example of a man that loves God above all else. That will be the best Father's Day gift that he will get, even better than power tools. Because his greatest desire is for his kids to walk with God, and so his greatest joy is when his kids do walk with God. A grown man was awaiting surgery at a hospital. He's an adult. He's talking to his dad. and He says, Dad, I sure hope I can be home for Father's Day. And I still remember when I was a child, when I was 10 years old, because I never gave you a gift that year. It still haunts me, Dad, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to try to be home. And his dad replied, Son, I remember that Saturday before Father's Day. I saw you in the store. I watched you pick up cigars and stuff them in your pocket. I knew you had no money, and I was sad because I thought you were going to run out of the store without paying. But as soon as you hid the cigars, you pulled them out and put them back. When you stayed out playing all the next day because you had no present, you probably thought I was hurt. You're wrong. When you put the cigars back and decided not to break the law, son, you gave me the best present I ever received. See, God has designed men to lead, and so he's created them to respond when people follow that leadership. Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. We honor dads by walking with God. The second thing there. We honor our fathers by seeking their advice and listening to it. By seeking their advice and listening. See, fathers as leaders are designed to instruct. 
They're designed by God with a desire to train. And so we honor Dad when we listen to his advice. When we hear what he has to say. If we're in his household, this translates into obedience. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. If we are adults, it translates into honestly listening and seeking their advice and putting value on it, putting weight on it. Listen to a survey of Proverbs again. whole bunch of Proverbs. Listen to the pattern that we see in God's Word about how to honor Dad. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 4, 1 and 2. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Proverbs 5, 1. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Proverbs 6, 20 and 22. My son, keep your father's commandments. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Proverbs 13.1 A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Proverbs 23.22 and 23 Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom and instruction and understanding. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Proverbs fifteen five: A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Verse after verse after verse. Did you hear how many times it said listen? Every verse. Listen. Listen to your father's instruction. How do we honor dad? I think the Bible tells us. To listen to them. To hear them. It means going to them and seeking their input. Several of the responses from dads in the room added in, how can my kids honor me? By asking my advice. By asking my advice on something. Why is that important? It's tied to leadership. It's all about leadership. And when we ask their advice, we are acknowledging their God-given place in the leaders of the home, and we are honoring them by listening to them. As adults, we lose this because we, we are now, I'm a father, and, and I'm leading my home. But what is the impact when I go to my dad and say, Dad, hey, could I get your advice on something? What am I communicating? I'm communicating value, that I glory in him, and that I respect him. The three things that, God, that, that honor is defined as in God's word. I challenge you this week, not only to go back to your dad and thank him for something he's taught you, but to ask his advice on something. To get his input on something. And you might say, well, there's nothing in my life I need input on. That's a different sermon. <laughs> Let's go back to Laodicea <laughs> and talk about our needs. You can find something to honor your dad by asking his input on. 
And don't make it just a trivial question where he knows you're ignoring him. Listen. Listen. Interact. And one of the ways we show that we listen is by asking follow-up questions. Hey, Dad, could I get your input on, on this issue with my son? And, and, and he's, oh, I think you should do this and this and this. If I leave it at that, okay, maybe I've listened, maybe I haven't. But if I come back and say, okay, Dad, is this what you mean? I, I'm, I'm showing him value and worth. And I'm speaking to a room of adults because I think this is more important for us as adults to do. Kids naturally do it. I can't get my kids to stop asking me for input and, and why and all these things. But as adults, do we do that? If your dad's not living, do we do that within the church? What would happen to some of our retired men if people in the church kept coming to them and asking for input in their wisdom? Do you think that gives a little bit different significance in retirement years? It's huge. It's how God has built His body to work. Come and listen to input. Back to Moses, the, the passage in Deuteronomy 1 that we read, the problem is that they did not listen to God. They did not honor God. But think about Moses as an example. Do you remember when Moses got really busy? And he was just stressed and tearing his hair out and not able to do the job. Who came and gave him input? His father-in-law, Jethro. Said, Moses, you need to delegate some things. You need to get some men, have them take care of the, the, the conflicts they can take care of and only elevate the larger ones to you. And, and what, in, in one sentence, it says, and Moses listened to his father-in-law. He honored his father-in-law by listening to him. So we honor dad. We respect his leadership by walking with God, by seeking his advice and listening. Just real practical stuff. The third one there, by respecting their leadership. By respecting their leadership. That means respecting the position, no matter what. A number of men, four men, out of um, 12 responses on this one, four men said, um, I want them to love and respect me, to honor and respect me. A number of them said, I want them to honor and respect their mother too. And why is that important? Because it's about leadership. Dads, are, dads chose who to marry, and moms chose too. It was a mutual decision, I hope. Um, so dad's chose who to marry and he's chosen to structure his family that way. And so to dishonor mom is to dishonor his leadership because that's under his, his headship. And that's why many of the men responded, I want them to honor their mother as well. We respect their leadership by understanding the weight of the position. How many dads feel the weight of being a father? Almost every father. It's a weighty thing. I've gotten lots of opportunity to talk to new dads. And, or they just find out that their wife is pregnant for the first time. And they'll come in and say, Pastor Ron, this changes everything. What are they saying? They're feeling the weight of the position, the weight of leadership, the weight of being this, being a father to their family. 
Their job is to protect everyone in the family, even at risk of death. To provide for the family, even if it means several jobs and personal sacrifice. To be the spiritual leader and tone setter. To lead the family, even if they don't want to follow. To feel re- They feel responsible when someone in the family walks away. They feel a pressure to always be the strong one. Always, always to be the man of steel. To be the rock that brings stability. To be the fixer of all things. To be the master romancer. To be the meter of all needs. The endless giver of money. We could go on and on and on. Fatherhood is a weighty proposition. And we honor our dads by recognizing the task God has given them and equipped them for. And so we do that when we speak well of our dads. When we speak up when someone else doesn't speak well of fathers in our church. Proverbs, again, has a lot to say about this because it's talking about how to honor our fathers and mothers. Proverbs 20.20, If one curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. It's pretty serious. Proverbs 30.17, I've shared this before, one of my favorite verses. The eye that mocks a father or scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. It's serious to speak poorly of our fathers. Proverbs 30, 11, and 12. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth. Over and over and over, we see instructions to speak well of our parents. And for dads, that is so important. We respect their leadership with our words. With our actions, we saw in number one, but with our words. Do we put them down? Do we marginalize them? How do we act when we disagree? You know, something I tell couples in premarital, I say you should never have anyone hear you say something negative about your spouse. Never. You are their biggest fan. And I've got to say the same thing applies to honoring fathers. We should speak highly of them. Words have a way of getting back to them. If I speak highly of my dad, I can almost guarantee he'll hear about it. If I speak negatively about my dad in this church, a small family church, I can guarantee he'll hear about it. So how do I speak? We honor our dads by respecting their leadership and how we view their position and how we speak about them. And finally, one of the desires that many of the dads shared is we honor our dads by showing gratitude. By showing gratitude. And that sort of ties into the, the, um, the, the application I gave in number one of going back and saying thank you. But this also is broader to say thank you for what he provides. For the work that he does. How do we respect the position? How do we respect what he does? Tell him. Tell him. Don't assume that he understands. Don't assume that he appreciates that, we, that you appreciate what he's done. One third grader wrote this to her dad. Dear dad, I love it when you take me on dates. I like it when you play baseball with me, miniature golf with me, and watch movies with me. I really appreciate it. That's spelled all wrong, but 
third grade. I like it when you tell jokes to me. I like it when you hug me and kiss me. Daddy, I love you. And we, we expect something like that from a third grader, don't we? From children. Teachers have them write notes to moms and dads. But how many of us have adults, as adults, have bothered to let our, our dads know something we appreciate about them? Dads are a gift from God. Again, are we doing that within the church? With our dads that are here? I want to end with a list of ten things that I put in your notes. And this comes from Heinrich Bullinger. And Heinrich Bullinger was, was a, a church leader in the time of the Reformation. He studied Luther's writings and some of the other early reformers. In fact, at the age of 27, he was asked to take the place of Swiss reformer Zwingli. So he became a pastor. And part of the Reformation... That, that results in so much even of how we're able to worship today. And he, he preached through books of the Bible, verse by verse. His home was open. He <clears throat> freely distributed food, clothing, money to the needy. He, he was an example of what it meant to walk with God. He had a son named Henry. And Henry was greatly affected by his father because his father, in the middle of all that ministry, chose to make his son a priority and chose to lead his son. And so when his, his son was packing his bag and going off to college in Strasbourg, Heinrich gave him ten rules for living. Ten rules for living. See how these relate to love God, love others, which we said was a, a father's heart, a godly father's heart for his kids. Number one, fear God at all times. And remember that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Number two, humble yourself before God and pray to Him alone through Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Number three, believe firmly that God has done all for our salvation through His Son. Number four, pray above all things for a strong faith, active in love. Five, pray that God may protect your good name and keep you from sin, sickness, and bad company. Six, pray for the fatherland, for your dear parents, for the spread of the word of God. Seven, be reticent. Be always more willing to hear than to speak. And do not meddle with things you do not understand. Number eight, study diligently. Amen. Read daily three chapters of the Bible. Nine, keep your body clean and unspotted. Be neat in your dress and avoid above all things intemperance in eating and drinking. Just good advice. Number ten, let your conversation be decent cheerful, and moderate. And throughout those, you see instructions to love God and love others. And I put those in there because I I read those and think that's what I want for my sons. That's what I want for my kids. But then I think about honoring my dad. That's what my dad wants for me. And so it becomes a list of a challenge of how to live. His son Henry took his advice, followed those things. And like his father and his grandfather, He became a pastor of the gospel of Christ Jesus. What joy to his father. Dads, we honor you. We honor you because God has made you leaders of your home. And that is a staggering task 
but a doable task with the strength that God gives. We appreciate your heart for your kids to love God above all else and to love others. We stand together to build strong fathers and to support strong fathers. I'd like just one last thing. All of the dads that are here, please stand. Let's show our appreciation to them just with a round of applause. Let me pray while you're standing, dads. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord God, our Father, standing before me is a group of men of God. A group of men that are world changers because they will lead their families and change their families and direct their families to walk with you. Lord, I know these men and I know their love for you and their love for their kids. And I pray for strength for the task that they will lead well, that they will be intentional about translating their desires for their children into their actions with their children. Lord, I pray that you will give them wisdom of how to do that. Lord, I pray that you will give them strength of spirit, that they will not be discouraged, that they will not let down their guard, that you will guard them from temptation. Lord, I pray for their lives to be examples of loving you and serving you that then our next generation will be the same. Lord, I pray for them at times when they fail, as every one of us in this room do. At times when they say, I have not been a good leader, I have not been a good father. I pray that at those times, your forgiveness and your grace will be so real in their lives that they realize we walk by grace and are able to show that grace to their children. Lord, in our weakness, you are made strong. Help every man here to know you have equipped them for the task. And through the strength of Jesus Christ and through the, the blood of Christ that has forgiven us, you, can get, you have given them the strength to lead well. I pray for them and your protection, your boldness, and your strength on them. In Jesus' name, amen.